listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. And here we are. Episode, hey. I don't know what episode. So that's the next ready. episode. Ready for the next episode. <laughs> We've been singing, so I might have to hold up. Hey. hey. <laughs> I love it. By the way, um, we will do, Katie has met Snoop Doggy Dog at some point. Yes, we'll have to discuss my sweet friend Snoop, yes. But today we're talking about something even more exciting than that. First off though, welcome to the Inclusive AF Podcast. I'm Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for stopping by. So, are you an Oreo cookie eater? I love Oreo cookies, but let me tell you the caveat. I like the thin ones. Okay. I do not like double stuff, too much filling, Yeah, no. but I do love Oreo cookies. I think I, they're just easier to eat. I like the little ones. I also am a liquor twister. I'm mm-hmm. not a full cookie eater, but the thin ones, I love the, the whole cookie. Yourself? Um, yes. I like the regular ones. I do not like the ones that are like vanilla. I don't like any of those other weird flavors. Not so much. Not so much. I will, however, the ones that they do around the holidays that are like the chocolate covered ones. I'll do those. I can get on board that train. Yes. I have had, I have had, they have weird flavors, but I understand. I understand. But I get it. Yes. Marketing, you know, product management, whatever it is. If you want to go ahead and make some other stuff, go ahead. But I am a fan Jackie of America's I. most favorite cookie, the original Oreo. O-R-E-O. <laughs> but this past month, they did something very cool. Um, it's not really a commercial. How do you explain it? It's kind of a, it's almost like a piece. It's almost like a video of just a statement. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, a visual statement, if you will. Um, yeah. A visual um what is it called when you are like support visual, like support or, Hey, I'm, we're a part of this conversation. And I think it was, it was, it was very touching. And I think for a lot of folks there, there was crying. I think you were one of the people I'm going to admit that I may or may not have, it cannot be confirmed um, by anyone because I was alone. So that's perfect. Um, (laughs) But the commercial or piece was basically about the fact like how do we make how do we create inclusive spaces at home for children so well i'll read this thing that i think i found an article that i think encapsulates it you know in a really a way that you can we'll add the video we'll connect it or at least add a link so you can see the mm-hmm. video what we're talking about but um basically they did it in partnership with p flag which is parents and friends of lesbian and gays Um, an organization to help the LGBTQ plus community, their families and allies. And the video is called Proud Parent. And it features, I didn't know they had names, but it features Amy and Jen who visit the ladders, who's Jen's folks for the first time. Initially, Jen's dad appears uncomfortable with his daughter's relationship, but it's a hard, it's hardly a spoiler to reveal that in the end, he sees the light and honors Jen and Amy in a special way. And it is touching. I was bawling. Um, me and my daughter grabbed the Oreos out of the pantry, even though we knew they were stale and we took one bite <laughs> away, but we were like, 
we were hugging and bawling. And then mm -hmm. I watched it with my husband. We were bawling and crying. And I think, P.S., they were, they, she was the product of an interracial relationship. There was also the scene where her brother comes home or sister, I don't know, with their family, they were more accepted than the mm -hmm. gay couple. Um, it was a lot in that commercial. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just, you know, they're unpacking the car and the neighbors looking over in kind of a judgmental way, but that, you know, the end kind of scene where he has painted the rainbow flag on their, you know, white picket fence, literally white picket fence. Um, I think that was just so cool and so touching. And I, I think this is something that comes up quite a bit for folks who have children who are, you know, their sexual orientation or identity is different than what they expected. And, and so it is that, you know, how do you have the conversation? How do you come out to your parents? How do you, as a parent, make sure you're not accepting them with caveats? Because I think a lot of times what people say is, I love you no matter what. And it's like, well, no, just love me, um, right. you know, if, if you're the child. And so I think that part is the, the message was beautiful, in my opinion, and I just thought it was really cool. However, um, I think there's been some backlash from different groups and um, there's some questioning of whether this was kind of a performative act by Oreo to kind of jump on a bandwagon of some sort. They've had parents or mom groups that have boycotted. There's all kinds of things from kind of every different side. And so I think we just want to talk about that a little bit and kind of talk about that performative allyship, performative um, support, whatever you want to call it, and how that impacts brands. But then also, you know, the other comment that I've heard is kind of, it's a, well, it's too little too late. And I don't accept that because I think it's never too late. Come to the party, come to the party whenever, and, and we will welcome you because we want this acceptance. We want this openness. So I will say something for me the the irony um and i did not introduce myself hey we have to start doing this katie on every episode like i'm jackie i'm a black woman i have no hair i'm really cute 47 years old with cute glasses for those that may not be able to see us um because we talk about things like everybody knows that i'm black and that my husband's white and that i have kids and we forget about those things but for for me it was not performative in that that was like my whole it felt like my whole life right there um i do have a daughter who is in a relationship with a woman i'm not going to classify it and say she is a or they are i don't i haven't had a formal conversation and i it's in the beginning of this relationship mm -hmm. um we also, in my family, we were both raised in a very conservative Christian homes, my husband and I. Um, my mother-in-law who lives next door has very conservative beliefs. Like she calls us if Hannah has songs on her Instagram and, and is like, oh, this happened or this happened, you know, very conservative. There's always a question of things with your um, 
children when you have them but my husband is king of like i'm just wondering just putting things out there that can be received in a really negative way because our kids are 20 and 17. Mm-hmm. you know like i asked my son if he wanted to take a jacket with him to the football game on friday night and got you know a little bigger <laughs> pushback so kids how are- dare you <laughs> right like um good switch he doesn't sound like that at all by the way but- no um, and so when I looked at it, it didn't feel performative. It felt like my life. It felt like my life of right. I could feel me trying to be warming and welcoming, and my husband being warm and welcoming in his own way, but not mm-hmm. if when things are difficult, it is hard for him to give to those things. And and um, so it was hard. I mean, there's there's other parts of it that I the things that stood out to me personally. Let me just say that really quick. So the things that stood out for me personally about this ad was that it was obviously something that she was concerned about when she was going, just getting into the car and going there. She was concerned about it, um, but she still went on with her life, which I thought was interesting in the video. And the only thing that made me upset personally, because I'm a marketer's dream, like you know, I fall for all of it, um, is when they showed them as children and her playing with her dad eating Oreo cookies mm-hmm. is when I lost it. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, we did that with our own child. And I think there is something that if you didn't have a child that was in a same sex relationship and you come from an interracial relationship with like freaking racist conservative neighbors maybe it felt a little over the top Mm -hmm. Um, but for me it felt like that could have been yesterday that could be right thanksgiving this year right p.s we don't have a fence he's not painting any fences (laughs) (laughs) i could also your husband is at home depot right now getting paint (laughs) probably one day i will have to invite him onto the show because <laughs> my, just become friends with me on Facebook. It'll all be yes. then. Um, what stood out to you? Was there anything? Did you feel any kind of way? I mean, like you're kind of coming from the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, you're white with no, with no, without having children. Fan of the Oreo, but not dealing with those same things that stand out. Like, how, what stood out to you as someone with a clearer frame of reference? <laughs> no, so obviously, yes, you're coming from a little bit more of a subjective because you're you're living it. That's okay. um, for me, it, it actually was that same scene of seeing the dad and the, the young girl. And that was more because my dad passed away. And so like, anytime a commercial goes there, I'm a train wreck. Right. So <laughs> but you still have like, those moments, right? Like you absolutely. can remember. Yes. Yes. And, and also like the growing up and it, you know, it wasn't the acceptance of a same sex relationship. It was just an acceptance from my dad. And that would like, that meant everything. And it was like the worst thing that he could ever say wasn't like, Hey, you did that and you did wrong. It was, I'm disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the tone that also came across for me was like the she felt like, am I disappointing my dad by being in this relationship? And then for him to be like, no, you're awesome. And I adore you just as you are. Like that was, it was beautiful. And we need to stop talking about this. You're going right now. I feel like, right. I think it talks a lot about meeting people where they are. Yes. Because I've always talked about people coming out, um, the people that I've met in my life 
had some type of turning point moment where they knew about their sexuality, usually mm -hmm. somewhere between like two and six, where they just knew something mm -hmm. happened between preschool and first grade, where they knew and started some, you see more, more, um, currently you see more people talking about it, being open about it and being right. embraced. But back in the day, they didn't just acknowledge, they also knew they felt like it was wrong. Most right. people thought that it was wrong. So they've been struggling with this thing um, for, for 20 years and then they tell their parents. Right. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. And they have 20 years to work up to this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think it, as a parent, um, you don't have 20 years. I, I don't have 20 years of, of picturing how this moment was going to be. Right. And um, so from that perspective, it, it was a little performative. If there's like, I, I just know that somebody said, I'm just, we're going to go home for Thanksgiving and hopefully we're going to have this moment. And the dad was like, so, and just walked off. Like, right. <laughs> right. Rainbow, Absolutely. Painting. Yes. There's no cookies involved. There's right. no hugs involved. There's no right. family involved. Yeah. Yes. And I think quite honestly, for folks of our generation, if you will, um, that, that scene and that the way it played out was not in any way, shape or form, how their own experience went when they came out to their parents. And so I think that's the other piece that kind of struck me was, and it's actually something that kind of came up. I, have you watched Shit's Creek? No, but everybody. Oh my gato. You need to start watching it immediately. Um, but the one character, David is sexually fluid, I guess is probably, I don't, I don't know what the right term is. Um, but he has, he sleeps with a woman on the show and then he ends up getting married to a man on the show. And I love the way that they did this. And, and it actually, that he talks about it in the kind of the making of um, video that they have on Netflix now. And it was basically the fact that like it, we never had the horrible coming out story. It was just like, this is who you are. And so cool, whatever. And, and I think that's a piece that so many people nowadays as parents struggle with is for kids. It is like, okay, well, what is, why is this even a big deal? Like I love who I love and cool. Um, and I think there is so much more fluidity about it that it's not a big deal. So, um, but I think, it, I mean, and that's why it's like, I think we need to remember, and we are inclusionary AF, right? So it's like, just remember that there are multiple people in the scenario. And the funny mm -hmm. part later, after we were able to spit out the stale cookies and dry our tears, <laughs> my daughter did bring up, she goes, and the next scene was her mom coming out pissed off because he freaking ruined the fence. Like, <laughs> where was that scene? Um, <laughs> reality, reality bites. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, my daughter, you know, we had the moment. She was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, my Or the HOA comes and gives them a ticket. Right. 
a fine right. And then everybody's out like, ha ha, they're all repainting the vents back. Like, so there is that, come on, give me a break. But the part that was, what was beautiful is seeing that they were able to come together and it wasn't, he didn't say, welcome to the camera, or welcome to the family in those type of words. And the painting wasn't really great. And then right. he said, did I do that right? Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. So the, I did I do that right meant, like he was trying. Yes. This is as good as I can do. Was, is this right? Cause I want to be able to celebrate you, but he didn't have to say, I fully am down with the pride shirt, marching, doing this whole thing because he just wasn't there yet. Like this was the first step. You felt like this was the first step in their relationship. Um, and it reminds me of we it's a bad difficult balance when you're inclusionary because we like to say oh everybody's the same but then everybody's different for so long people tried to put everybody they just everybody had these assumptions which goes to the bias like we didn't realize we all have different messages different journeys different things that we were raised with and so when you put all of these people together, you have to take a moment to pause, mm -hmm. to say, I love the idea of people saying, let's find out, the people say, let's see how we're the same. When actually we probably need to spend more time finding out how we're different mm -hmm. and trying to embrace and understand and learn and knowledge about those things. Right, and so I have two comments. When he asked the question, like, did I do that right? I, the part, like the way that I interpreted that also was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. Yes. yes. And, and that felt so cool too, because I think as parents, especially with your children, you want to be like the one who has all the answers and I know all the things and I'm, you know, I'm the one. And for him to be vulnerable and say like, I don't know how to navigate this exactly, but I'm trying to do the best I yes. can. Yes. Like that was really cool in my opinion. And then um, I think the other part that you're mentioning just about the, um, oh my God, I just lost my turn <laughs> Oh no. Meeting people where they are. Oh, so that, it's, thank you. Um, that was like another piece of just like the, when, when you're having the conversations, an activity that I love to do with groups is have them, you know, get into a group of three or four folks or whatever and do that exact thing. Like, what are the three things that you have in common? What are the things that you don't have in common? And, and have them think about that stuff because it, there is that correlation between like, hey, we are all different. We all have different things that we bring to the table, but there are so many things. I mean, even just, you know, talking about this commercial, there are things that you and I, from a different perspective, had a different take on it, but it was, but it was definitely the, wow, this touched me and here's why. This touched you because you're living it. This touched me because I'm thinking back to my relationship with my dad. And so I think that's also like, that's good marketing to me when you can yes. touch kind of everyone and everyone can have a relatable moment to right. what it is. Um, but also like as humans, I think we need to do a better job if we truly are going to be inclusive to say, wow, Jackie, you and I have things that are not in common. Um, but also we have a lot that we have that is very much in common. And how do we celebrate both of those things? Now, there's something that I, there's something that I love that goes into it. They have along with this um, commercial ad, whatever we're calling it, they had education guides that mm -hmm. go along with it. 
Yes. The first one was going home, which is the beginning of the segment. The second one was LGBTQ people of color, mm -hmm. right? The third was negative reactions. And the fourth was um, family affirmation. And so it's great that people can get around this and it, and it talks to what we're talking about. It breaks it down of some of the messages and the fact that they did all of that in three minutes, mm -hmm. we were like, that's a lot in three right. minutes. Without Absolutely. Word, without just with, with one sentence. Right. Like barely a sentence. Um, right. And other moments that you could just feel. And you're right, because they did what we talked about. They met us where we are and allowed us as an audience to interpret all of those things. Right. In similar ways. Now, um, Katie, the part of the reason that we do this podcast is that me and Katie talk a lot and we're like besties and talk a lot with other people in the same field in HR and diversity and, and in recruiting and things like that. But um, I also watch a lot of trash TV and, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> let's so talk some real housewives now. <laughs> Me and Katie both watch those shows. So, <laughs> but I would think about it about 90 day, 90 day fiance is one Ugh. of my favorite. And they was 90 day the other way, mm -hmm. but there's a 90 day fiance and there's a, the man was coming from Turkey and she, she had kids. He doesn't have kids, blah, 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 blah. And the reason that it's so important to study these things and not say, oh, we're in love, we're just the same people and we can all move forward and come from just a heart place and not a mind place is because mm -hmm. they're coming home story. They weren't going to get to go home because she's not supposed to have kids. Right. And then, mm -hmm. but you're looking at the show and thinking you're supposed to get married within the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. And you haven't had this conversation like right some of these things don't make sense and so it's important to not ignore some of the other things that go along when you're when you put different cultures together mm -hmm. you know, like that that whole snippet from that commercial could keep going on for days we haven't met her, the other girl's family yet right like, lots of things right the regular series mm-hmm and I feel like there's so much again, and you know, just take the time to try to find what's different and then what's interesting so that you can continue. I keep hitting this thing. I am so sorry. So you can um, continue on your, you know, as you're going through the part of it is the, the fun part is learning about somebody else's culture and learning yes. about other people. Yes. And I, I mean, you know, I'm a weird travel person. I, I, well, I shouldn't say weird. It's, I love it. I love traveling. I love going to places and learning stories and cultures. And one of the, so I recently went to Jordan, not recently because, you know, COVID, um, but last year went to Egypt and Jordan. And while we were in Jordan, the tour guide was telling us, like, would tell us these stories that were just absolutely amazing and also like slightly terrifying. And, and like, as I think of myself as a U.S. female single like I wouldn't exist there yeah. in, in this form and, and not in a, and not that that's bad or good. That's just, that's how it is. And so one of the things that they talked about, and I think this happens and is kind of the standing joke in, in when you go to spring break in different countries and you fall in love immediately. And that's, I mean, 90 day fiance has had a few of those exact, yeah. like they're on their mission and fell in love or they're, you know, whatever. And, and so it's, 
always interesting to me to hear these stories of people that have fallen in love in a week or in a few days or whatever. And then you start to think about the cultural differences and how that will impact your actual life. Like it's the, you know, if you're not honest about what your needs are, if you're not honest and we can go into relationships now too, um, like you have to actually talk about who you are as a human. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I always, again, put myself in the shoes when they're telling these stories. And I was thinking, yeah, I could never live in Jordan and live in my husband's family's home and have to wear certain clothing and have, you know, not be able to be with any other men alone or, you know, all of these different rules and cultural norms, which they just have grown up with. Yeah. And, and, and so it is just interesting because it is that there's no, that's wrong and they're horrible people and they're lower or lesser. It's that is different. And that's different than what I'm exposed to. And that's different from what I can see for myself. Whereas that just, it, it's not like a, oh, wow, this is horrible and we're, you know, being kept down. It's just, this is the culture. This is what they do. So that's also just a fascinating point. Like, you know, and, and going back to the commercial, it is that, you know, for parents, they have a vision in their head when, you know, they have a little baby in their arms that they're bringing home from the hospital, of like what that person's life is going to be like. And when it's not the terror from a parent of, I never want my child to have any harm come to them. And I never want any, you know, anyone to be mean to them or anyone to anything. And to know that the hardship or the toughness of what they might be exposed to or might have to go through. I know for a parent that is terrifying and on it, but at the same time, you want them to be happy and you want them to be free to do whatever they want. And so, I mean, I think this goes, you know, we can, if we're ready to start talking <laughs> politics. <laughs> well, well, so uh, just so you know, we are recording this on November 1st. So we are two days away oh, from really? the most important presidential election of our lives. We just had Amy Coney Barrett uh, was just brought into the Supreme Court this week. And I, like people have said, oh, she's conservative. What's the big deal, blah, blah, blah. And I just am thinking about like friends and family members that this will impact greatly. You know, the legalization of marriage, the abortion rights. And, and I say abortion rights, it's not even abortion rights. It's females having the autonomy of their body. Right. And, and being able to decide what they want to do, whether that's birth control, whatever it might be. So I will say, and something I did, something that also happened this past week. So um, little baby Trump, not little baby Trump, the girl, little baby girl Trump, what's her name? Melania? You know, the youngest, the youngest. Oh, Baron? No, the girl. Ivanka? No, there's a- uh, no Tiffany. Yes, not- I'm one. like, <laughs> run out of people <laughs> here. American normal name, her. <laughs> I'm always like, what? Ivanka, and then you, you have Donald. Well, and Ivanka's because her like, mom was Ivana. I know, but I just feel like it's and Tiffany. <laughs> like, it's and then there's like, Tiffany. Marla like, Maples. You um, know? Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, Tiffany's about right. So imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. 
This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. She went for the um, LGBTQ for Trump. Yes. Yes. And took out the T. But she added the IA. So it was very interesting because it was like, you had, most people forget about the, some acronyms at the end or the plus at the end. The T's right there Mm -hmm. in the middle. She knowingly Mm -hmm. took that out of her conversation. And it is, I I don't know if I thought it was smart or I thought it was really crappy because we know that they took out, um, they will not allow trans people to serve in the armed forces anymore, which was like shocking. Like mm-hmm. that's your sign where it's like, they're literally taking people's rights away. They're literally taking someone's livelihood away, their job choice, their livelihood, our protection. Like they would rather take these people out of the military than have people who are openly and wanting to serve so that they, you know, because of their identity was was horrible to think about i can't i like i I was like how can you just take the t out of there i mean i've Mm -hmm. even known as a diversity professional i've had i had one um person who was not a client but potential client ask me to not talk about the t specifically Mm -hmm. and i was horrified i was like you can't have it both ways and i I refused but so the election is the most important and we don't know where what's going to happen at this point. And I don't know. It's Mm going to be funny whenever this episode comes out. It could be like freaking January and it's already happened. Um, But I'm terrified. I'm really terrified about what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, so I did see that Tiffany moment. Um, And I think like even, even before that, I'm also like the Trumps don't, in any way, shape, or form, support the rights of anyone in the LGBTQA plus community. And so like to even have that as a rally, like was also just, it kind of threw me off to be fully honest. Um, But I think the other piece is, we can go back in history and talk about all of the different groups. So I just had the opportunity this week to go to, one of the the museums in town, it's the Heard Museum, and they are dedicated to highlighting indigenous peoples from North America. And so they have all kinds of just amazing artifacts and they most recently just started this, um, I forget the name of it, but basically it's like the beadwork of these women that and, and men who have basically made these they're not the Kachina dolls, but it's the, these uh, just amazing gowns and things like that, but for a doll. And so it's the beadwork that takes them like four years to complete. But then there's this other whole section about the Indian schools. And I'm using Indian school because that is the language that they used for these schools. Um, And you read some of the history of those schools and what actually occurred. And then also, you know, speaking of that, then like all of the males were encouraged heavily 
to enroll in the army during World War II, during all of these wars. And so it's it's also that, you know, when you talk about the trans people not being able to be in the military any longer, the service that anyone in the military does for our country to make that choice, to put their life on the line, all of those things, to have that be like, nope, sorry, we don't want you. Like, it's just, it's so difficult to process and such a, a hard pill to swallow. And I think we heard that when the ban came up that, you know, so many of the folks that are transgender that we're serving, we're like, you know, I've served this country for X amount of years and now I'm not good enough or, you know, and I'm not a real person. And it's just so reminiscent of how we historically have treated anyone that we have decided is less than or other or whatever you want to call it historically in the U.S. And it just, it's gross. It's disgusting. But I also think something that is worth mentioning is how we are keep getting, because of how like vicious and blatant um, the current administration is, it is desensitized us. It is mm-hmm. horrific where, because trans people have served, it was always like this don't ask, don't tell kind of situation. And then gays in the military were allowed. And now mm-hmm. they said trans people cannot like period done. And it's, we're seeing things where they're taking the rules. I mean, Trump, he didn't, he hasn't, actively supported what he had said, what he was quoted as saying for LGBTQ marriage, people in the like, or for gay marriage specifically had said, well, it's a law. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, right. I'm just going to support the law. Like he didn't right. say like, are you against it? He's like, well, it's the law. So I'm just going to be able to do it. Um, and that's why it's so scary when you think about the transference, you know, not transference of power, but we'll get to that like next week. But um when you see that, you have this um, over, that was me knocking on wood. Yes. Um, so when we look at how the situation, you know, about the, about the Supreme Court justice of thinking that if you make it a law, all of a sudden it's okay, you know, there's a lot of laws that are just not, that we might need to review. Right. Oh, if you go into any state, like into their actual statutes and laws, you will probably be blown out of the water. I encourage anyone listening to go and do that. Look at what what laws are on the books in your state. And I would specifically look at things that, you know, being gay would be one of them. I think it's also like rights of women. If you look at the laws that are still on the books about what women can and cannot do, I mean, in the state of Arizona, and I don't know if this is still true, but I know very recently this was true, that there was like a law on the books that um, no more than like two women could live together. And it was because that would be considered a brothel. And and it was like, okay. (laughs) So like that was a thing. And so... I I think there's just a lot of outdated laws on the books, but I do agree with you in that, like his, the commentary from administration around, well, it's the law, we're just upholding the law. And, and it's like, okay, well, sure, but that's not okay. And I mean, and, and, you know, we can apply this to all of the insanity that has happened since 2016 in kind of every facet of our lives. But I agree with you, like the, 
it's just not even a big deal. Right. Some of these things anymore that, you know, that he does like, you know, we just talked about this before we started recording the um, convoy of um, Biden and Harris's convoy getting an escort mm -hmm. through Texas by Trump supporters who basically came and in front and in back and on either side of their bus hovered, slowed down the convoy, terrified. Ter you know, and, and scaring people and, and threatening harm, whether you want to admit that they were threatening harm or not, doing that is a scare tactic, period. Well, I mean, and especially like we have open carry laws. Mm -hmm. Oh, same here. Carry. Yeah. And, and yeah, we live in two of the greatest states in the United States. <laughs> um anyway so so you know there were guns involved in every one of those trucks that was surrounding that bus the there was a gun there, yeah. yeah there was a gun in every single one and the gun like sure you're taken aback when you're from if you're a texan you might have gone oh y'all are so stupid but if you're coming and you know like that's a threat that's a right. terrorist threat. If it exactly. was any other place, if mm -hmm. you landed in Canada and you were surrounded with by people with guns, we that would be a war. That would be a right. war cry. Well, and I, I think you and I have talked about like the in any country. Yeah. In any like in any European country, that would be a declaration absolutely of hostile takeover, whatever you want to call it. And then for Trump to go and like tweet it and be like, I love Texas. Yeah, you it, know what? It like, makes no. me want to cuss. And I yeah. promised you I wouldn't cuss on this he podcast. Said this was good so. for children, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah. I just am going to say, like we say in Texas, them's fighting words. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yes, absolutely. So, and, but what is also interesting is they were going, they were going to Austin. They were in Austin. They flew in Austin, and that's where the mm -hmm. thing was. They ended up canceling the votes. What's funny is, since I live in Texas, I know they wouldn't be doing that in Dallas, and they wouldn't be doing that in Houston. They mm -hmm. sure as hell wouldn't be doing that. Sorry, kids, because I'm sure we have a huge youth audience. <laughs> hey, they you never know. <laughs> they wouldn't be doing that in Houston because there's a higher population of Black people in Houston. People don't know there's a very low um, population, African-American population in Austin. Um, and to threaten that the problem that i have with it and what makes me so upset is that people don't see that and say wow maybe we shouldn't support trump like maybe that's bad like maybe he's a bad person right and that's why i get afraid of of the election and that's why it's like all of a sudden it was like oh that's why we don't say you might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.